If you have your Bibles with you tonight, we're going to be turning to the second chapter of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and reading at verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now if you'll turn over one chapter to chapter 3, and reading at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the tree of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let's stop there and again look to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Father, we are so blessed uh, in these end times, these last days when... Men are running to and fro in this earth and they don't know, have no idea of where they're going. And we thank Thee, Lord, that You have given us a purpose and that purpose is to, to serve You and look for the coming of our, the soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that You have uh, planted us in this local church to be members one of another to be an encouragement and, a, and strengthen one another just by our love for, for the brethren. And we thank Thee for this opportunity tonight to be here, and we pray that You'll bless us as we think upon Your Word for a few moments. And this is our prayer in our Savior's name. Amen. The Bible version issue... It, it's not only an, an attack upon God's words, and it particularly to the English-speaking world has originated intensely in the 17 and 1800s, but the Bible version issue predates the times of printed Bibles. This uh, Bible version issue goes back to the beginning, all the way back to the first chapter of, of Genesis. Because what is the Bible? The Bible is the Word of God. It, is the Bible not God's words written and preserved? Psalm 119 in verse 89 says, Forever, 
O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And that word forever, it means for, forever in the past as, as well as forever in the future. And Henry Morris, if you have a Henry Morris Bible, it's got some wonderful, wonderful uh, notes and comments in it. He said of this verse, he said, quote, This powerful verse, Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Uh, stressing the eternal origin and eternal duration of God's Word. And it begins the second half of Psalm 119. That's That verse divides Psalm 119. It will stand and endure forever. And then we read in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 7, The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. And again, stand means it will, it will stand, it will endure forever and ever and ever. Forevermore. And it has been here eternally in the past. And there is this, uh, you can't describe it but in any other way, but this demonic hatred of the truth of God. It's, it's, it's a battle against God's Word from since the time of the creation. And the Bible version issue, as I said, began shortly after, the, the, uh, after creation. It began with two words. I will, I will, the devil's words. Not what thou wilt, but what I will. That's the origin and the source and the cause of the Bible version issue. And we find those words in Isaiah uh, where it talks about the fall of Lucifer from heaven. And in, in chapter 14, in verse 12, it says, How hast thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, and there's five of these, five I wills, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend into the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Five times, I will, I will. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. The devil from creation has been exceedingly active in denying and destroying and changing God's words. And he's been and he's very active in your life and my life and the life of everyone. He's got innumerable demons and fallen angels under him. 
And God, God's preserved word, he, he attacks that. He changes it into other versions. Changing it to versions that exalts Him above God. And one day, very near the future, during the tribulation, Satan will sit in a newly constructed temple in the city of Jerusalem showing that He is God. I will be like the Most High. That's been His wish from His creation. Psalm 33 and verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and the host of them by the breath of His mouth. We remember what our Lord prayed in His suffering in Gethsemane. He prayed, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto Thee. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what Thou will. Christ said, not what I will, but what Thou will. And that's the distinct difference between Christ and Satan. Satan said, I will ascend, I will exalt, I will sit, I will be like the Most High. He was totally convinced that he could pull that off. In the pride of his heart. And you know, this strikes home personally to you and to me. This distinct difference between Christ and Satan, because also there's a distinct difference between the old nature of, of Adam's family. That's where we came from. That's the nature that we still have in us, the old nature of Adam's family. We have that nature. And we have the new nature, being in God's family. And the same I will of the old man, the nature of man under the sun, and the nature of the new man, it's, there's this conflict. There's this conflict. And so God instructs the believer to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's how we get the victory. And this same philosophy of, of I will, it's the philosophy of this world. The philosophy of this world, every lost man and woman, boy and girl, that's all they want. I, I, my will. And, and as we see these end times just rushing towards us, getting more and more intense, we see that in people. We see that in people. And that's because they've, they know nothing else. They, they, they've never had believing faith in, in God's Word and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so sad, but, but because of the pride of the heart of, of people. The pride. The same pride that's in Satan. That's, that's the, 
These, this I will is the mindset of, of everyone who rejects the truth of the Word of God. And, the, and instead of having the truth of the Word of God, they, they trust in the, in the counsel of their own hearts. And that is, a, that is a recipe for disaster. And the Word of God attests to that. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. This, this, this I will competition between Christ and Satan, and it's something that is within the believer as well. That's why the Lord says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. And that's why in Jeremiah 17.9 we read that the heart, that is your heart, my heart, the heart of man is deceitful above all things. There's nothing more deceitful in this world than the heart of the lost person. And even the saved person, if, if we're walking in the flesh... The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately, not just wicked, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? As I heard one time a long, long ago, I think it was from Pastor Kelly preaching. Could have been someone else, but it's probably him. He mentioned this fact that everyone on earth is either thinking the devil's thoughts after him or God's thoughts after him. God has thought of every, every godly thought that there is to think and the devil has thought of every wicked thought there is to think. And, and, every, and so man is just thinking after God or and after his thoughts, or the devil, and after his thoughts. Job, in Job chapter 41, that's the chapter about the power of Leviathan. It's a, it was a sea monster. But it was also a representative of the devil when you read through that chapter. And Job concludes the chapter in verse 34 with with these words. He beholdeth, he's speaking of Leviathan, he beholdeth all high things. He's looking at high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. The devil is a king over all the children of pride. And so Henry Morris made a comment about that statement, and, it, and it, it read like this, such a statement could literally be true only of Satan himself. He's the king. He's the king over all the children of pride. And along the same theme, Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, and, and, and God gives the same 
admonition to you, to me. Paul wrote and he said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, his trickery, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So your minds should be corrupted. You know, Eve, the serpent beguiled Eve. He deceived her. And the instructions that God gave to her were not like, you know, reading the encyclopedia to gather all of God's will. It was just, it was, it was simple. Of all the trees in the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat thereof. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. But Paul had to write to these Christians and say, and, he's, and, and the Word of God is telling us the same thing, but I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled the Eve through his trickery, through his trickery, I could, I could almost just see that serpent. And, and it, it, I'm sure it was a beautiful creature. Probably uh, I've read that it could stand upright and, and it could talk. And I'm sure as he approached Eve and engaged in conversation, he knew, he knew he had, he had her. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his trickery, so our minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And amazingly, Adam and Eve were creatures right from the very hands of God. He created them. They were perfect. But He did give them a free will. God didn't want to create a bunch of robots and just wind them up and so they go for 70 years or so and what they're programmed they're going to do what no God created us in his image we have a will the Lord Jesus once in a very very public setting I'm amazed at when you read through the gospels at the occasions where Christ was in a very public setting lots of people maybe uh, you know, maybe just thousands, but a lot of times just lots of people. And once he was speaking in this public setting, and this, you know the story, the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought this woman taken in adultery in the very act. And, uh, you know, they said, Moses commands us in the law that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? And so all the people were waiting for the answer. But the Lord Jesus saw right through their trickery, the trickery of the devil using these scribes and Pharisees. And he said, Ye are of your father, the devil. 
And the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And he was telling these religious leaders of his day in front of the multitudes, ye are of your father, the devil. And you do what your father does. You do the lust of your It's amazing to see the boldness of the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry. And it's also amazing to see his compassion on sinners. It's such amazing. That woman, for example, he stooped down and wrote on the ground and when he lifted himself up, they all had left one by one from the elders. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? Doth no man condemn thee? And she said, no, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. But the Lord, the Lord, that's why they just, whatever it took, eventually they, they were, they had to, they had to rid the earth of the Lord Jesus. But it was all in His amazing plan of salvation for sinners. In Revelation chapter 21 we read, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burned... That, that word unbelieving, I, again I remember as I was just reading it, I remember a, a comment from a message of Pastor Kelly many, many years ago. He was expounding on that word unbelieving. Because it's placed, that word unbelieving, the fearful, the unbelieving, murderers, liars, whoremongers, and the unbelieving. And he, he was commenting on how the unbelieving people who don't believe that they need a Savior. People who don't believe that they need to go to church because we go golfing on Sundays or we, go NAS we follow the NASCAR circuit or, or we have a, va a vacation home. We'll, they just don't believe. And that the sin of unbelieving is placed right along in the company of murderers and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and liars, and uh, uh, the abominable. And unbelieving, the unbelievers are going to have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, the second death. They're going to be right there, the unbelievers, with, with the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers 
and just people who didn't believe. They might have been nice people in the community. Maybe they uh, volunteered uh, for many good causes, but they were unbelievers. And there they are. To, to refuse to believe in God, that will send a, that will send a soul into a Christless eternity in the same way that it will send the murderers there. And it's like that because, because the grace of God, which, which bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men. There's not a soul anywhere on planet earth, never has been one, who could go out into eternity and shake his fist at God and say, well, you, you didn't tell me about this. You know, they, they chose to, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. If in nothing else, in the creation... In fact, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 19, we read these words. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, meaning in humanity and people for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse man can see God I mean, the Bible says no man hath seen God at any time. That means in the, his very fullness. But man can see God in his, in his creation. Just by looking and thinking. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And, and it's kind of like here in these last days, it's coming to a pinnacle. The, the foolishness and the, the vain imaginations of man. <clears throat> Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that's, that's, they, they don't want God in their thinking. God gave them over to a reprobate, meaning a worthless mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, which means just evil and trouble and just being, being bad and full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, deceitful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without natural affections. And then the last verse in that chapter, who knowing, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So the unbelievers are going to be there. The unbelievers are going to be there, right along with the murderers. But, again, the, the words of the devil was not what thou wilt, but what I will. In Isaiah chapter 14, we, we read that, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend. I will, I will, I will. The devil from the creation has been in the Bible version. He's been changing God's words. Changing God's words in order to satisfy and exalt himself. The Bible says, let no man deceive you by any means. Let no man be deceive you by any means. For that day, the day of the coming of Christ, shall not, except there come a falling away first. And we're living in that falling away. Satan exalted himself above God. That's what the Bible version corruptors do. They exalt their own mind and their own thoughts above the very thoughts of the omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing mind of God himself. And the scholars, whoever they may be, they... they exalt themselves and, and, and they change the incorruptible words of God into their own words. Just like 
their spiritual father, the devil and Satan, Leviathan. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. So these so-called scholars, many of them, and this is a topic that we've been looking at in, in the Institute. We're just getting beginning. We're just beginning on that on that subject. So the scholars, they exalt their own thoughts and, 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 and they, they do so with the same pride that Lucifer himself had. Many of them, there, there's some that could get caught into it and then see their error and come out of it. But most of them are in it for good. Psalm 105 and verse 8 says that God has remembered His covenant forever, the word which He commanded to a thousand generations. A thousand generations. The word which He commanded to a thousand generations. First Chronicles 16.15 says something similar. Be ye mindful always of His covenant, the word which He commanded to a thousand generations. A generation could be 20 years. That would be two that would be twenty thousand years. A generation could be thirty years, that would be thirty thousand years. What what is that those verses telling us? It's telling us that that God remembered his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. That's Bible preservation. Be mindful always of His covenant. The word which He commanded to a thousand... That's a thousand generation. That's what He's trying to tell us. Bible preservation. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, He says, I am the Lord, I change not. Why would He change? Why would the Lord Jehovah change His word when it was given in the most perfect inspiration, God-breathed form to His chosen servants. Why would He ever change it? It's unchangeable. He wouldn't. God said so he, that He wouldn't. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. The words of the Lord are pure. They're like silver in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. God promised to preserve His pure words. And that promise extends from the generation of the psalmist forevermore. And as I was reading, as Pastor Donald Waite said, quote, God is able to do this. And He has done it. 
He kept his words even more perfectly, if that is possible, than he keeps the stars in their course and the sun and the moon and all the heavenly bodies in their proper place. He's kept his words even more perfectly. How, how could you or I ever live by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God unless God has preserved those words for us to listen to and to read? We looked real briefly Monday night into some of the translators. And you know the the only the King James Bible, English speaking Bible, came through the received text. The rest of them came through corrupt texts. And And um, the translators started putting the, the Latin Bible during, during the Catholicism of the 1500s and earlier. They, they didn't want the Bible in the people's language. They kept it in Latin. And John Wycliffe was, was the beginning. He was the first one who translated translated the New Testament out of Latin into English. Wycliffe was a Catholic priest. He was a Catholic priest. He was educated at Oxford. He had a doctorate in theology. But in his mid-30s, as he, as he started translating the Bible out of the, out of the, the Greek text that, the, that our Bible came from, he started, he started to expose and preach against the errors of the Catholic Church because his understanding was growing bit by bit. And he, was, he became convinced that only by having the Scriptures in, in, in their own language could they understand for themselves the people in England the truths of God's Word. And the Catholic Church did not want the scriptures of, of, in the languages of the people. They did not want that. And when he died, when John Wycliffe died, he was born in 1324 and he, he died in 1384. And when he died, he was buried in London in a place called the Lutterworth Church in 1428. I'm sorry, in 1428, 44 years after his death, the Roman Catholic authorities dug up Wycliffe's bones and they burned them. And they threw the ashes of his bones into this little river. Little, it's called the Swift, the River Swift, that runs through Lettingworth. 
and it's it's just to me when we saw this film the other evening David Cloud and he included himself when he made this comment and he went through the King James translators not all of them some of them at age five could read, read Hebrew perfectly the, these people they, he said that today scholars so called scholars biblical scholars and, and, and he included himself are spiritual pygmies compared to the translators of the King James Bible and to me it's just we have such a treasure and, and many of those translators uh, paid with their life they were burnt at the stakes because the Catholic Church just would not put up with that. So let's conclude with uh, a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank Thee for these few moments we've had together to think about the great eternal truths of Your Word. And we know, Lord, that we are spiritual pygmies compared to so many who have gone before us, especially those who gave us our Bible in our language at the cost of their own lives, many of them. And we just pray that we would realize what a treasure we have in the Word of God and that we would meditate upon it often. We thank Thee for the many Bible teachers we have here in this church, in the Sunday school classes, in the, in the school classrooms. And we pray that You would help each and every one of us to be a witness for You and to be equipped in our study of Your Word so that we can we can lead lost sinners to you. And again, we thank you for this Wednesday night evening service. We thank you for each one who's come. And we thank you for all the families that are represented in this church. And we just pray your richest blessings upon, upon us until we one day soon will hear that shout, come up hither. And we're looking forward to that day. And we pray that you'll bless us until then in Jesus name Amen